When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to the How Social Are You podcast, where we ask the question, are we more or less social because of social media? This is Mark Lindheimer, and you're listening to podcast episode number 11. Today on the podcast, we welcome Kim Aceto. Kim is a self-care coach focused on baby boomer women. She's a health and wellness mentor and a personal trainer. So let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you, Mark. I'm honored to be here. Well, it's excellent to meet you. And uh, it was referred to you by Suzanne Stavert, who was interviewed on an earlier podcast. I'm really excited to uh, to meet you and to get to know you and for our listeners to get to know you, because I think you have a really interesting brand. Um, you deliver a lot of value to your to your audience. And, um, you know, so I'm really anxious to, to start to learn about, you know, how you came to this point where you... Uh, you know, brought this service to to your your following, and so why don't you give us a little bit of background on you know you uh, you know what you're doing today and and how you got there? Right. Okay. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, well, uh, let's see. I currently I call myself a health and self care coach for women in their fifties, and. Um, if you're wondering, well, you must be in your 50s like a lot of people do. I'm actually not in my 50s yet. I'm 35, um, but I've been working with women in their 50s for close to 20 years, actually, um, because I started out as a personal trainer, and, uh, and I had my own business for a while while I was going through college and grad school. Uh, kinesiology was my major, so it just kind of seemed like the, the right transition. I thought I was going to uh, – train athletes, which I did for a little while, but, um, but you know, they'd come and work out with me for a, a season or for a summer and then they'd graduate and they'd go on to college and I wouldn't see them again, you know, <laughs> at the same time I was working with, uh, you know, mostly women, about 90% of my clients were women and, um, 
and not only were they women, but they were women in their 50s. And so um, I was working with them as well. And of course, they didn't just stay for a couple of months. Uh, most of them, they stayed with me for several years. And so we got to really develop um, a great relationship uh, with one another. And I really like working with people for an extended amount of time, um, especially what I do now, but um, even as a trainer back then. And so you know, I found myself being a trainer for about 15 years. My dream for 10 years of those 15 was to open up my own studio. And uh, I went through the entire process. I hired a business coach. I thought I was going to, um, you know, open up my own gym. Um, I created a business plan. I found the space, everything like that. And by the time I finished my business plan, I uh, realized it was going to cost me uh, $22,000 a month just to, um, keep the place up and running just to keep the lights on the air conditioning going and all of that. Um, but that was not the only reason that I didn't want to open a gym at that point. Um, even more than that, uh, Mark, I, uh, I started to work with my clients in a different way. Uh, like I said, I had been working with, uh, with them for several years and uh, mostly just training them, right? Giving them exercises to do, counting their repetitions, uh, you know, kind of being their, their motivational coach and trainer when I'm working with them, you know, half an hour, three times a week or so. And, um, you know, I, I started to have an energy shift. And um, I also noticed that my clients you know, they came to me to get healthy, but that was only a part of what they wanted, you know, to get fit, to lose weight, to gain muscle, to improve their balance, posture, whatever it was they came for. And, um, and what they really wanted was, was wellness, was overall wellness. They wanted to feel better about themselves. They wanted to live an active lifestyle. They wanted to improve their habits. And, uh, and so I started to sit down with them right there in the gym with the, you know, with the music going, the weights were clanging, everything was pretty chaotic, but we sat down in the gym and I held this really safe and supportive space uh, for them, non-judgmental, so that they can really just open up and start talking with me and sharing with me. And so that was the first time, Mark, that I, uh, I started to understand that this phase of my life was over and I was ready to move on to a different part of my life. Um, I feel like I had mastered that part of, of, uh, of being a trainer, you know, uh, doing it for so many years, it being my major, and I was ready for a new challenge. And I was ready to work with my clients in a, in a deeper way than just giving them exercises to do and counting their repetitions. And so what I do now is just, it's very fulfilling. I'm, I went from wanting to open up my own studio to now being completely virtual. So I do all my coaching um, over the phone and all my courses and programs are online. So um, it's, it's pretty cool and a, and a big change, but it's very, very fulfilling. That's, that's incredible. How long ago did you make that shift? Oh, about four years ago. About four years ago. Yeah. Okay. And and did you go through any process to kind of certify yourself to, you know, to uh, what process did you go through to kind of take your, your, you know, your services uh, to the next level? Right. Well, about five years ago, um, I decided to hire a mentor and, uh, and be a part of a mastermind. And so I've been, I've been doing that and I've had a coach now of my own, uh, for the past five years. And, you know, he'd had been a part of this process. I hired him initially to kind of help me open a gym and he had been there and done that. Um, 
but then, you know, as I had this energy shift and all of this, he, he was, he was great. He really understood. Um, he got it. And uh, he told me about this uh, program or he actually gave me five different programs, wellness coaching programs, which wellness coaching, I didn't really think about before, but the coaching aspect, um, I, I really felt like I had a knack for right when I sat down with my clients, I was so interested in not so much their bodies and what I could help them look like on the outside, but I was really interested in who they were, um, you know, their past, their present, their future, um, and helping them create that. So um, I realized that I think I have some coaching skills, you know, which are basically listening, um, active listening, right? It's also um, reflecting back um, and it's asking them open-ended questions. So getting them to learn more about themselves. Um, so yeah, I ended up going through a certification process through Well Coaches School of Coaching. It was the right program for me. It was great. And it was one of those things where you, you enter this course or this program and you're like, this is for me. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So, so that was that process. Oh, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I'm so happy to hear that you're involved in a mastermind group and that you invest in mentorship. Cause I think that's really important no matter who you are, you know, whether you're in corporate America or you're in uh, entrepreneurial ventures that, you know, a mastermind group can deliver so much value in so many different ways. And, and uh, so a few people do it. And so right. I think that's, I think that's really cool. How, how long have you been involved in your mastermind? Um, this would be, I, I don't know, five or six years, I would say. I'm going to say five. I started in October of, uh, I don't know, 2010 or 2011. So it's been about five years. Yeah, I probably about four years in my current mastermind. Oh, great. So yeah, we meet every Sunday and um, there's there was five of us at one point, six, and then we were down to four and uh, we meet every Sunday night and it's just been amazing. It's a great way to kind of end the week and start the new week. Exactly. And, uh, I look for, I look so forward to it. It's, uh, right. it's great. So, well, listen, um, you know, that I love that you're, you know, you continue to build ad building blocks to, you know, to your life. And you talk about this energy shift and I'm a baby boomer, so I can identify with the age group you're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in my mid fifties. Uh, Suzanne and I have known each other since high school. So, uh, you know, we go way back and, and so you you've found a sweet spot and why don't you talk a little bit more about, you know, the women that you're working with and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just in general, not necessarily specifically, but you know, what they're looking for from you and, and what you're looking for in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can't go specific anyway, <laughs> because we have I a know. confidentiality. Yeah. But, um, but in general, uh, you know, when men and women, when they reach midlife, it's a little bit different, um, just as far as hormonally and, and life changes and all of that. Um, most of my clients have been putting other people first in their lives uh, for you know, their entire life, uh, you know, the first half of their life. And um, whether it means, you know, getting married, um, and not that that means, not that that's a bad thing. I hope you understand that. But it kind of is this whole cultural, like you get married, you have children, you either stay home or you get a job. 
Um, and then your, your kid, you, you know, you raise your kids and you take care of the house and you do all of these things. And, and so usually my clients have lived that kind of life um, where maybe they didn't major in the, in, you know, in the thing that they really wanted to, but more like this is going to help me get a job. Um, maybe they weren't sure if they really wanted kids or not, and, and they had them anyway. Um, maybe the guy that they married wasn't really the guy they marry now, you know? <laughs> um, so there, there's multiple factors and, and it can get very deep. Um, but the, the main point here is that Uh, most of the clients that come and work with me are women who hit their fifties and now they're experiencing the empty nest, right? Their kids are, are grown up and, and they've left, they've gone to college, they moved out, they've gotten married, they live on their own. Um, Maybe they've been at their career for 20 or 30 years and they're starting to ask themselves, is this still what I want to do? You know, is this still my passion? Do I feel purpose here? And, uh, and so Another thing that happens is menopause, and most women go through menopause around the age of 51. And so when women go through menopause, they usually start to notice that their body uh, changes. They notice that um, maybe they're gaining a little bit more weight or it's harder to lose weight. Um, They may feel on the inside like they feel really young and, and vibrant, but on the outside, they just don't really feel like they look like that. Um, maybe their body doesn't have the stamina and endurance that it used to have in their younger years. Um, so they start to notice those things. And not only that, you know, when women hit menopause, their testosterone increases. Um, and so it's, it's really exciting because there's all of these things happening at one time, right? The, the lifestyle changes start to happen. Uh, the family starts to, to, to change a little bit because the kids are leaving now it's just either, you know, if they're married, it's them and their spouse or, um, or, or if they're not married or they may be divorced or by themselves. And so they're kind of just, you know, asking themselves what's next. Um, you know, I've been taking care of everybody else and putting my own self care, my needs on the back burner. And I really want to start putting myself right there, right up there with everybody else. So sometimes I say, put yourself first, but um, I get a little backlash sometimes like, well, if it's selfish, if I put myself first. So, and I don't really mean put yourself before anybody else, but I just say, you know, put your needs right up there with everyone else's. And so this is a great time for women um, who reach their fifties to, to really take a look at their lives and um, see what they're happy about, see what they want to change and start to create the future that, um, that they really want. So it's, it's great. And I, I really enjoy working with women that are going through this process. Well, it must be incredibly fulfilling to watch them grow through the process because it is like a rebirth. It can be for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, I, um, I call it like a, like a reinvention um, because what's so beautiful about this time of life is that, uh, and you know, Mark, I mean, even when I was a trainer, I worked with uh, women of all age groups, you know, twenties, thirties and beyond. And uh, there's something about the fifties that they have enough life experience where they kind of know a lot about who they are, what they like, what they don't like. Um, you know, they, they know a lot about themselves. They know their values. 
Uh, they may know their strengths, their skills, all of those things. Um, but they're open. Like I said, they, they have this, they have more testosterone now. So they're open to new things. They're open to adventure. Um, they're open to challenge and fun and creating uh, the life that they want to live. So it's, it's really exciting because we can take from their past, right? The lessons learned, the experiences they've had, and now we can use it to create that future that they want to have. And maybe they want to travel more. I know this, this is your area. Um, you know, some of my clients, they don't feel comfortable traveling because it's uncomfortable because they have to sit in an airplane seat that's really small, or they have to ask for an extender uh, for their uh, seatbelt when they're on the plane. And that's embarrassing. Um, a lot of, client, of my clients want to go on uh, European vacations where they, you know, bike for 12 days, they go on tours, but you know, they want to do these things, but is their body ready for these things? Um, can they physically do these things? And so um, I really care about helping women create that, that body that's going to help them live the life that they want to live into retirement and beyond. And I'll say one more thing. Um, you know, also, I don't know if this is true for you, but um, a lot of my clients, they're, they're noticing that their parents, if they're still alive, um, they're really declining. They start to notice those, you know, the parents who have taken care of themselves uh, throughout their life and those who didn't. And, um, you know, those who were physically active and those who weren't. And, and so they're able to kind of look to the future a little bit because they're so close to their parents and, and to be able to watch that process and say, okay, wow, my mom really took care of herself. She was an active woman and, and, and look at her now she's, you know, in her eighties and she's still active and she can still move around. Uh, and so it's a, it's a really special time for, for women for sure. No, I, I think that awareness of our of our parents, especially if they are alive, and both of mine are are still alive, you know, is really a great indicator um, of how how we could advance into those years that they're currently experiencing. And also, you know, I lived in Chicago for the last uh, well for almost five winters, and uh, came back to Southern California to be closer to my family. And uh, it's so cool to, to be here and, you know, spend so much time, uh, especially with my mom. And uh, right. she's, you know, she's very fit and, you know, healthy and, and you know, helps out. So uh, it's, it's, it, it is an alignment that you can bring them into and, and help them with that awareness um, because they have sort of a, an example exactly. uh, in many cases of either how they'd like things to be or maybe how they don't want to right <laughs> live going right. forward right so yep. you know you can you can examine both examine both sides of that coin well that 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 is great background kim and and i really appreciate your sharing all that with me you know the point of this this podcast is you know we ask the question are we more or less social because of social media and so what i wanted to do is get a little bit into social media um, how you're using social media in your brand, um, how you're interacting with with people in your audience and eventually your clients, and um, how that has evolved, starting with what was your first social media experience on what platform and and sort of what's your experience been, you know, starting out in social media and then moving forward. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, you talk about the fact that you're a baby boomer. Well, I was born in 1981. So I'm the last year of a Generation Xer. So I'm right on the border of Generation X and, and Millennial. I definitely feel like a Generation Xer, though, when I look around at the Millennials and, and uh, just kind of the lifestyles that they're living and, and how they're using social media. So I, I think I would consider myself sort of a late adopter. Um, I, I grew up remembering not having the internet. And then I remember having the internet and uh, chat rooms and email and how uh, scarce email used to be, you know, you open up AOL and you've got mail and it's like, oh, I have mail. What is this? You know, and now you're just like, oh my gosh, look at all this mail I have. Um, and so, you know, going from there to MySpace, I think was the next thing, which I wasn't very active on. Um, maybe now I would have been, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure. I had a lot of things going on in my life. I think I was in college and, you know, I, I played basketball in college. And so um, I was very busy and I worked. Um, but now uh, I primarily use Facebook, but mostly for business. I use Instagram for personal because I kind of want to have uh, the Okay. So basically I use, um, I use Facebook for business. Um, I use email of course for business and I use Instagram for personal. I do have accounts with Twitter and Snapchat. I have not used Snapchat yet, but I just created an account just to kind of have my name there. Um, Twitter, I don't use very much. Um, and mostly it's because I want to be where my audience is and my audience are, uh, mostly on Facebook. So I use Facebook quite a lot. In fact, I think that Facebook probably gives me more anxiety than opening my email at this point because I, I have a lot of messages going on uh, through Facebook all the time. In fact, my, uh, my target market, my ideal client is a Facebook user because I use Facebook so much. Not only do I have a business-like page uh, for Facebook, but um, even more than that, I, I'm not very active on that. But I have two Facebook groups. I have a free Facebook group called Reinvent Your Health uh, for Women in Their 50s with Kim Aceto. That's a free Facebook group. And then I also have a paid Facebook group. It's my Flourishing 50s membership uh, program. And so I use Facebook um, in this way because I know that my audience is on there every single day and they're more likely to see my posts or get notifications from me or open it because they're already there as opposed to their email. So I, I use Facebook a lot. And then of course, Instagram, I wanted something that could just be fun. And, and so I don't follow any clients on there. I don't follow any um, marketing people or anything like that. It's basically like, food and travel and fun um, and maybe some, you know, sports icons and, and things like that. But Facebook is my, is my main thing. Now that makes perfect sense. Really that that's what Facebook has become, you know, is uh, the, our kids are on Snapchat. Uh, right. They're on Twitter, <clears throat> especially in your target audience. And we're on Facebook and they don't like the fact that we're on Facebook. You know, they are running away from Facebook uh, right. as fast as they can. And they're on Instagram and they're on Snap. And and so and they'll be on the next thing because they're way ahead of the curve. So, you're, exactly. you know, you've absolutely found a tool, a, a very valuable tool in Facebook for your business and for your brand. And um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure it's extremely powerful for you. I, I love the fact that you said you feel anxiety when you go to open up <laughs> Facebook uh, because, you know, social media can have that effect on us, whether it's part of our business or it's just whatever is coming streaming across our wall. And, um, you know, it's become so much more than just the place where we see our friends and family do their thing in life. Exactly. You know, you can curate information and, uh, you know, how is there are do you have certain ways that you use uh facebook in order to to search out um people in your audience do you get into groups do you engage do you uh you know do you deliver value to certain facebook groups that then you know attract people to you um i i am a a member of many facebook groups which i think a lot of people are um but i don't spend time cultivating relationships in those groups because I, because again, Facebook is a place that I go to, um, to deliver content to my Facebook groups mainly. Okay. Um, which is pretty much on a daily basis, at least once a day, um, I'm in connection with them. Um, and so the, the other way I use Facebook a lot is as far as targeting my audience is through ads. So, you know, It's kind of, and this is where I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about this as we get more and more technological and we start to get, um, you know, people have more information out there. But, you know, to be honest, I can target my ideal client um, on Facebook. And in fact, um, about, I don't know, earlier this year, I was uh, doing a, I was going to conduct a webinar called Turning 50 this year. And um, I was going to promote it to uh, women who were 49 and that were going to turn 50 this year, of course, which is what my webinar was called. And so I, I put in all these different things, especially things that I help my clients with, you know, people that are interested in health, um, you know, improving their sleep, their food, their mood, their exercise habits, and uh, who were 49. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to check this out. And I said, I, I put it in there. I'm looking for women who are 49 and are going to turn 50 in the next seven days. Okay. And I wanted to see how many people were going to show up. And these are active users on Facebook who were 49, going to turn 50 in the next seven days, and also were interested in improving their health as far as, you know, those are the things that they, uh, those are pages that they like. And I was just amazed. And I told Suzanne this the other day when I saw her, um, but the number that came out was 13,000. 13,000 women who are active users on Facebook were 49 years old and turning 50 in the next seven days who are interested in improving their health. Now, are all those 13,000 my ideal client? No, because there has to be a lot of things. Um, you know, they have to be ready, willing, and able to make a change. We have to click, right? We have to get along. They have to resonate with me. Um, I have to be able to help them. And so not all of them are going to be an ideal client. But just the fact that there are so many women um, who I could target on Facebook is, is really phenomenal when you think about it. No, that really is amazing. The tools that are available for, for advertising and for targeting and for really, you know, getting your message out uh, is, is an incredible uh, value to you as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. And I think that's, that's a great that you're exploring those areas and, and being able to fine tune, um, 
you know, that, that level of activity and, you know, you doing uh, the different types of things that are available, whether it's a webinar or, you know, Facebook live or things like that, I'm sure are all things you're going to be able to explore even more deeply into the future. Right. Yeah. I mean, Facebook is, I mean, a huge company and they're constantly trying to find ways uh, for us to stay engaged, right? They don't want to lose us. So they have to continue to deliver value to us so that we want to be a, um, an active user. Um, you know, so I totally understand that point. But at the same time, I know that you kind of touched on this too, is uh, how you know, social media in general can really take over our lives and be really distracting. And, and as, as much as I love the fact that, um, you know, my target market are, are mostly on Facebook, um, I, I am concerned um, by the distraction of social media and Facebook, especially um, because, because we kind of talk about these millennials, right, and how they're so distracted and uh, they're not focused. Well, you know, I find the same to be true of women in their 50s. I mean, myself and then, of course, um, the women that I work with and, and the women that I follow on Facebook. Um, and and that's that could be a problem because when you're so distracted by, you know, by shiny objects and just what's going on and, and all of that, um, you don't really get to work on yourself as much, right? Because it takes some time away to step away from um, social media to really discover yourself. And, um, and it's easy to get caught up in seeing like, oh, you know, this person's on vacation again, or oh, look, this person just bought a new car. And um, oh, this person seems to have a really great relationship with their spouse, and I don't have those things. And so it, it can it can be detrimental in those ways, especially uh, for my demographic, because um, they can get a, you know, just a a bad rep- representation of what is really going on in, in people's lives, and I think we all kind of deal with that in certain ways. So well, it, go, it goes yeah. to the perception challenge, right? I'm I'm judging someone else's uh, insides by their outsides. And on social media, we tend to portray what's best, uh, you know, the best look we can get. You know, my wife always jokes, she works in a pretty nice restaurant in Santa Monica, and she always jokes that she has to approach the table of millennials at exactly the right time after they've gotten the selfie just right. (laughs) And after they've delivered their snap, so she can take their drink order or their appetizer order or greet them. Right. And she says it's like everybody's at, at the table. They're all on their phones. They look great, but they're all on their phones and they're really not interacting on a social level. So yes. you're talking about how consuming social media can be, which is a, a problem and a challenge, no matter the demographic. Um, and it's also that, that kind of in public life, are we really interacting on a social level? Like you and I, we're talking, you know, we're getting to know each other. It's just happening uh, in the context of a podcast. But if you and I were to meet, you know, for, for coffee in Pasadena, you know, I, that phone would not be out, you know, because right. I'm aware of, of a bar- what a barrier it can become to, you know, social and personal interaction. And I also think you made a great point. And I wanted to kind of double back on it. You know, how much time do you think you spend on social media? How do you manage that? And then what kind of tools or techniques do you give 
your clients in order to be more effective or less um, buried in the social media um, world? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm constantly working on this because I work from home. Um, I'm completely virtual. I'm on my computer for many hours in a day. And so um, I don't know if, if other people are like me, but I have several tabs open on my uh, on my screen. And so it's really easy to see that notification pop up if I have a, you know, m- maybe I just... Uh, sent a message to a client or something like that and uh, a message, you know, and then a a notification pops up and I'm going to want to check it. Um, But you see, I've really tried to limit that and close those tabs because I've been reading this book. Uh, I've read a couple of books by Cal Newport and he talks about uh, one of his books is called deep work. The other book is called so good. They can't ignore you. And Cal Newport is uh, of course he's an author, but he's also a professor and he actually doesn't have any uh, social media platforms that he's on. He's, he pretty much uh, also doesn't give his email address out. And, uh, and the whole purpose of this is because he believes that um, when we're, first of all, we're in this distracted world. And I think we can all kind of agree that um, we're, we're all living in the same world. And uh, we have these tools available to us. We have the internet, we have social media, not that we have to be on it, but um, we have all of these things that so many people are on and we feel like we have to be on them as well. And so, um, you know, he doesn't have any email uh, that he gives out. He's not on any social media platforms. And the reason for this is because he wants to do this thing called deep work. And I feel like uh, deep work is also something that I'm constantly moving uh, toward because I want to be the best that I can be. And if I'm constantly distracted uh, because I have a notification come up um, on Facebook that I can see because I have a, a bunch of tabs open on my on my laptop screen, um, you know, if, if I'm constantly checking my email, um, it's it's distracting. And I think that. Um, that you and maybe a lot of listeners have, have heard that it takes us uh, several minutes to get back to our focus. And so if we're constantly distracted by, by things uh, that we want to click on, you know, we want to get that dopamine rush um, because maybe what we're doing is not interesting or um, it's hard. Um, it, it's, it's really easy to, to lose that connection with who we are and uh, where we're going and actually being productive uh, during the day. And um, Cal said it really, I think Cal said it really, um, really well, or maybe I just thought of it this way, but it's kind of like, um, you know, your brain is like a muscle and, and it's, you know, that relates to me very well because I used to be a trainer and I still work out and lift weights almost every day. So I understand that you don't improve, you don't get stronger, um, if you just, uh, do the same thing all the time and you don't push yourself kind of beyond that, uh, level of, uh, of discomfort. And the same is true with our mind. And, and that's really hard for me because I wasn't, uh, I wouldn't call myself a scholar. I do have a, a graduate degree, but I wasn't a scholar and it did take me a lot of time to focus and to study for tests. Um, so this world is, is tough for me. I really have to focus. And I think that a lot of people can, uh, can really relate to that. Um, you know, that, that idea of, you know, closing down your social media at times and really doing some writing, doing some reading, kind of being okay with not having to switch your mind to different things constantly. 
No, those are those are great points. And I love that you reference a book and and kind of the key point and how you're implementing it into your life. I read a book called Miracle Morning that had a similar kind of structure. And uh, they have these, you know, these very, uh, uh, you know, great examples of successful people um, and how they start their morning. You know, right. what are the key things that they do? And you may have read the book. I, I don't know. Um, but they, you know, they basically have these great examples. And one of them that I thought and I've taken to heart is, you know, putting your phone in airplane mode when you go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the alarm goes off or you wake up just naturally, you don't have that flood of emails and notifications and messages and WhatsApps and, and all those things. It's just right. your phone. Because I don't know about you. But my phone is right next to me on the bed, uh, not on the bed, but on the nightstand. And that's my alarm. And then, you know, I go to, you know, this flood of information. I'm I'm automatically into my days. And and so what I've done is, you know, when I can, I put the phone in airplane mode and I start my day with my routine, you know, my my miracle morning, uh, if, if you will. And I think it's really useful. And I think the same thing that you're, you're talking about is, is, you know, taking some time during the day where you just kind of shut it down and you, you get centered and, you know, maybe there's a, a timed event that, that happens, you know, on your, on your phone that says, Hey, it's time to, you know, to do some deep work. And right. so I love that suggestion. And that's really the point of this podcast is to is to recognize that there are challenges that socio, social media present to us. It's not, you know, there's great, tremendous value in entertainment and in social media, but it also can be a barrier, you know, to uh, self-improvement, to uh, growth, to personal interaction. So I, I love those suggestions. I love those. That's that's super helpful. And I really appreciate it. So, Kim, this has been wonderful. I, I've, I've really enjoyed meeting you. Um, I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to, to share how, you know, the followers, the listeners can, can reach you and find you, uh, you know, on your various web pages and social media, you know, so that if they, if they hear your story and they're interested, uh, you know, they're able to connect with you. So why don't you share that with them? Yeah, well, thank you, Mark. Um, this has been a real pleasure to talk about social media. I usually am just talking about uh, women in midlife, and I love talking about that. But um, but thank you for having this podcast and, and really talking about such a relevant uh, topic uh, right now, which is going to continue to change and evolve. And I'd love to continue to listen to, to see what other people have to say about it. Um, but as far as anybody who's listening that would like to get in contact with me or kind of learn a little bit more about what I do, um, my Uh, business is called Transformation Wellness for Women. I work exclusively with women in their 50s. Um, And you can find my website, transformationwellnessforwomen.com. And of course, uh, my name is Kim Aceto. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a bunch of great resources. I've been writing a blog for several years. Um, And yeah, so I'd love to connect with anybody that would like to as well. Wonderful, wonderful, and and Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really appreciate all the all the listeners who who have found the podcast, and it's growing on a daily and weekly basis. It's really amazing to see. And wonderful, uh, you know what what we uh, what we ask you to do is if you if you listen to the podcast, any of the episodes, especially this one, you know, please go to iTunes. You can find us on iTunes, the How Social Are You podcast, and give us a rating. You know, hit those stars. Five are great. Five stars is great. 
and also give us a give us a little comment, uh, a rating, if you would, and um, also share it on social media. Um, that really helps us get the word out. You can find us on, not only on iTunes, but also on Stitcher and Spreaker and currently on Google Play. And, um, you know, so, so you can share from any of those, those platforms. If you're interested in, in connecting with me, um, you can find me on Twitter at M Lindheimer and also on Instagram, the same at M Lindheimer. There's a new social network uh, called Gab. Uh, it's uh, gab.ai and on Gab, I'm at ML. And then you can uh, also find me on Facebook, M.E. Lindheimer. Uh, so my, my first two initials and then my last name. And if you'd like to send me an email and connect that way, uh, my email is the how social are you podcast at gmail.com. So once again, Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I love your energy. I love your story. I love how you've, you've uh, used social media to, to, build a platform for your business. Um, but in the end, it's the connections that you make uh, with the people that you help. And, you know, you're doing an amazing job of helping, you know, these, these women that, uh, you know, are, are coming through this, this period of life where, you know, it's time maybe for some change and you're helping them so effort, uh, effectively. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm sure our listeners will as well. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Wonderful. So thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll look for you next time. And until then, have a great, uh, a great day and a great week. 